live? What? No! Yes. Do you feel like primed enough? Sure. Do you have enough information? Yes. All right. This is episode 109 of No Crisis Yet. All right. I got to stop. You got to stop. I got to stop. I was going to scold you I off think it's air. largely because we go between doing recordings long enough. I know. But yeah. I, I just got shit. The bit is done. One of our listeners. The bit is done. <laughs> uh, that we you just kind of, they just, our episodes happen. Mm-hmm. They're an event and it's like, holy shit. That's like, uh, shit. I don't have a, uh, a good care- comparison for a... Uh, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie and podcast. Oh, now it you just sound shows up. really bad. That's awful. That's that terrible. 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 I mean, I love Quentin Tarantino movies, but we're not. Have you? Did you watch? I haven't watched it yet. I'm saving it for next weekend. Um, Who are you going with? Very excited. With. Uh, my uh, one of my friends from college, I, my film fan buddy. We. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna go down to New York, and we're probably gonna see it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Man. I'm gonna be very excited. I wanted to go. I mean, it was like actually mostly sold out this weekend. So. Yeah. Do you want to speculate about? No, okay. I, so I even have my 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 go to film podcast has their episode up about it. And I haven't listened to it. Is it predictions or is it? It's a, review. it's a review, and they always do spoiler free. But I don't want to go in with my brain on a channel that they set it on. Like I, I, I've got, I've noticed that with a lot of online shit now. That I, if I read a movie review beforehand, I will go into a movie being like, I will read it this way, and I hate that. So so here's what I think. Yeah, I've not read anything about it. All right. Speculation is fine. Yeah, this is just speculation because uh, we have the opportunity to put this in the past. Where, oh yeah, where true. We feel like idiots. We will probably eventually maybe record an episode about it if we both see. We're it. Gonna, we have to because we did for hateful eight. So. Um, I loved hateful eight. I I loved. I was talking to someone at work about this and. He, was, he didn't like Hateful Eight. And I said, well, if you don't like plays, then you're not going to like Hateful Eight. Yeah, no. Because that is a play. I really I'm love sorry. the format of it. I think the the just abject cruelty of the last act of that movie maybe but just every doesn't. Fucking ter- yeah, I mean, it's that pretty brutal. farther than most the go. fucking yanking. Yeah. Like, this just is the, the blood. The laughter. Oh like, it's, it's so cranked. And I mean, all of his movies have that moment. But, yep. uh, yeah, it, more, you know, that moment in Glorious Bastards is is triumphant. Maybe is why I like like it so much more in that uh, movie no. than I, I. It is. Yes, yeah, Nazis. So right, it's so, the face in the smoke laughing where you're yes. just like, this is crazy. It, I can't fucking believe he's doing this. Yeah, and that's and, after he shot Hitler and all this other stuff. It's oh, the Hitler like, was like whatever. But the idea of of being shot to death in a fucking theater as it burns yeah. down, man. There's just something about the needless With cruelty. The laughing French woman in the smoke. The laughing oh, French so woman good. and just a. Fucking, oh, I love it so much. It's but it but it makes an impression on you. Oh, absolutely. Right. So in the I same mean, way, yeah. I would imagine the, the end of Hateful Eight. I still remember yep. it. Like oh, the last like two acts where they explain everything and then everything comes together. It's just like Whoo. so. Here's the question, and I pose it to you: mm. Does Sharon Tate survive in his version? That's the thing, and I I and I, I, I really want to go in not knowing because it could go either way. Uh, generally, he does stick to history more or less. But then come the fuck on. But the big the big swing is is Hitler. It's a huge one. It's a ridiculous. It's a huge one. That's, that's one. insane. So the question is, how does he throw it all out? And he says, "Fuck it, this is pulp. It doesn't matter." That's the because, thing. And I want so like when he talked about why he made that decision with Inglorious, he was like going through the script and he was just stuck on this part of like, "What do I do with Hitler? He can't die because he doesn't die. What am I going to do about it?" And then he went to bed and he got up and the first thing he thought in the morning was like, "Let's just fucking kill him." And right. then he was like, as the more he thought about it, is a better idea. And yeah. then. I think it was the right idea because that movie's already wish fulfillment in a lot of ways. So yes, why not take it all the way? He is, in my humble opinion, Ben, 
He's a, he is a genius, not in the sense that he's great at PR relations, because he's no, not. But, he's, but he is genius in the terms of just, he can sit down and structurally look at something and be like, I'm going to do this, yep. this, and it, and it works! Well, there was like, a, nine um, times out of ten, it works! I was listening to Timothy Oliphant on, I want to say his WTF, and he was talking about, he's in Once Upon a Time yep. in, in, in Hollywood, and he was talking about shooting it, and he's just like, yeah, it's light, night and day between most directors, because most directors, uh, and he was comparing to Milch, who also does this, oh where God. it's just like, I know exactly what I want. I don't have I don't have coverage really because usually when you film you film multiple angles yep. so you can cut between them yada yada. He doesn't do coverage really. He knows exactly what he wants to do for every frame of the entire movie, which so, is impossible to find outside of like him, maybe Fincher, maybe Luchowski's, a couple others I can think of who really like go frame by frame. Yeah, um, and it's it's. I don't know, it takes a special brain to do that. I don't know. And he's but definitely got it. My point being, he he is so fucking assur- self-assured in what he's doing yeah. that you know it's going to be a quality product. Yeah. You, you could argue with like, oh, this is the dialogue's shitty. Yeah, and you can spawn move all these... him around and be like, this one's a little slower and whatever. But, but like... he, 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 so such yeah. is his mastery that he, it's, it's like a, I don't know, it's like if he built a Ferrari by hand. <laughs> yeah. And at the end he said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to build like a big clown horn on yeah. the side. <laughs> and you're just like, why would you do that? And then you know what? Fuck it, it's you, hilarious. You honk it, it and it, yeah. plays, it, it plays Miss LaRue, the, yeah. the Pulp Fiction sounds. Uh, guitar riff. That's his mastery. So he, can, he can make this fucking super efficient thing. Yeah. But then just, well, you just take it and he's like, no, fuck it. I'm yeah. going to fucking put this. Tweak I'm gonna it just put, a little bit. Um, the, the Hitler thing is brilliant. Yeah. Because it's A, like, no, everyone was like, oh, you know, it's steeped in history. And it's like, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's, it's not. Fucking trying to There's movie. a David Bowie song playing before she sets the fucking matter. place yeah. on fire. It, but it's, but as a piece of film, it's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else I would trust as much as Tarantino to make a good movie. I mean, this is, I'm biased. I mean, but he, he is like, he... He's one of my favorite filmmakers. I'm not going to say necessarily he's my favorite, but he is someone who, when it comes along, it's a big fucking deal because he doesn't make the same movies over and over again, even though he has... He's weird because he has texts that he revisits over and over again. But, like, Hateful Eight wasn't really like Django. Django wasn't like Inglorious Pastors. Inglorious Pastors wasn't like Kill Bill. Kill Bill yeah. wasn't like Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown was like Paul. They all have enough space between them that he makes a completely new thing. It's, I mean, even Chris Nolan, I think, falls into the trap of, like, time travel, dead wife... Timelines, Multiple storylines, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Very uh, stark-looking cinematography, yada, yada. And and he has his peccadillos for sure, but they're small pieces, not huge thematic things yeah. in the way that Chris Nolan is very much about specific themes. And <laughs> and some of them are good. Some of them are about his dead wives. I don't know. It's like you never know what you're going to get. Um, but And Quentin's the same thing. You don't know what you're going to get. But And this one was one where it was like, I don't know, this could be really fucked bad because well, if, right, you so, know, if you know much about the Manson story like A it's fascinating but also like to put his cool sexy pop music infused version of like a pregnant woman getting murdered by cult members like it, it but do you it, think he's gonna really hard it, but do you think he's gonna let it go that way I don't know or is know. it going to become like a revenge? I, I, and I think the, you like, know the bigger thing too is that this movie seems much le- much more about the idea that uh, in 69 Hollywood that the Manson stuff was around the periphery in this really weird toxic like cloud as opposed to Inglorious Bastards, which is about rescuing, you know, Jews yeah. getting revenge in World War II or Django, which is about getting his wife back from this slave. Like that has a very specific point to it. This feels and from what I've read in reviews, at least it is much more meandering like Pulp Fiction where it's different characters on different like it's, paths it might as well it together. might as well be um like a bunch of short stories yeah. basically with which sounds awesome because he, has, he yeah. really hasn't done that since Pulp Fiction but alright and so here's my thing yeah right the other 
and this is where it could go wrong. I don't think it will because mm. obviously everyone's been raving about it since it was like it was a, a con. No, was it? Yep, con. Yeah. He got a you know the forty minute and he, standing he ovation. You went out on stage and said, "Don't fucking tell anyone, you idiots!" God damn it! Don't fucking spoil it. And he could still um, cut it between then and then, so we don't could. even know. But the, but the other golden time, the uh, the excess of Hollywood and the, the ending of an age was like yeah. uh, Coen Brothers with... Um, with Barton Frank, yeah. Not Barton Fink, uh, oh, the newer one. Well, no, Barton Hail Fink Caesar. is the studio system. Ba- Barton Fink is the studio system. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar, and it's like they just went a complete... And it's a different time period, yeah. obviously. But like the idea of like, we're going to celebrate... They're, they're taking the same thing, which is like one golden age in it's Hollywood. It's like, here's the LA. era when MGM did musicals, when Warner yes. did this, when they did this, and yeah. 69 is like, everything's coming up, Millhouse. Yeah. It's fucking great out here. Like, I'm a washed-up actor. It's yeah. bad for DiCaprio, but everyone else is like, oh, sexual revolution. Yeah. And in the way it's been traditionally presented is that the Manson killings were the end of the fucking... Or the Rolling Stones hiring Hells Angels as security. Uh, and the Hells Angels beating the shit out of Rolling Stones. Yeah. Mercilessly. Stabbing um, to death. What was the name Multiple of Multiple people. Oh, it's also covered in Hunter Thompson's Ultimate. Hells Angels. Ultimate, yes. Um, so you have... I don't know. What is what is he, is he like revisiting? Because so, there's musical it, numbers, right? Yeah, well, what it... Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know from what I've heard... Again, this is why I don't like reading... I've already read enough reviews to have oh, an opinion no. on a movie I haven't seen, which oh, I hate. No. But moreover, that the uh, he is taking the DiCaprio character to be a little bit like him, which is someone who used to be really cool. But he's out of step. But he's he, out of yes, step. And yes. he doesn't get what, you know... I got he, that. And, the, and, the, and the, the scene that was described, at least with Timmy the Elephant, is like... He's the younger cowboy star, and he's yeah. acting against him. And I'm like, that's hilarious because uh, Timothy Oliphant's like 51 years old, and I think DiCaprio's like 47, <laughs> and they don't look like Timothy Oliphant still looks about the same as he did in I, Deadwood. I wish I had Timothy Oliphant's jeans. That hard living DiCaprio's been doing is getting uh, catching up with him <laughs> a little bit. And I think maybe that's part ben, of the he character. was attacked by a bear. You asshole. That's right. Like, what are you doing? The bear totally did a number yeah. on him. Leave him alone. It wasn't all the uh, all the do you like tw- ten years straight of partying and drinking? Do you subscribe to Leonardo DiCaprio be- not being able to act, but being able to scream and shout? No, he's a good actor. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in so many goddamn things from Scorsese to you know whatever else that he's always been talented. Even in like The Quick and the Dead, the Sam Raimi movie, oh my the god. like old uh, oh my western, god. Love, which yeah. is super campy, and he's like this. He's the kid, oh right? God. He's the one who gets killed first, right? Right. Um, that's a good movie, by the way. If you ever go back, he also spoiler alert, really died, he dies in Departed. That's right. I, he I sure forget, does. I forget that he's the lead actor in that fucking movie. I always think of Damon first, generally, yeah. right? Um, uh, or, or Jack Nicholson, yeah, because well, Jack Nicholson, he, he just one. takes the entire screen up whenever he's there. Do you, do you know what I watched over the weekend? Hmm? And and just full fucking, I was just it, absorbing the movie, mm. Shining. Yeah, God's so good. It is. Like Kubrick, to this I, day, he's going somewhere. To this, I guess maybe I would trust Kubrick if he was alive to yeah. make an amazing movie. But dude, that movie—he's colors. He, like, he's another one that, like Tarantino, he didn't make a ton. His body of work is less than a dozen films. Yeah, look at Woody Allen. But every one of Woody them, Woody Allen has made like a you, million movies. Yeah, it's, but most of them are garbage. garbage. And not even my personal opinions on the man. But a lot of those movies are just like, yeah, you made that. Cool. <laughs> you you fooled more Europeans into paying for you to dick around with the camera for an hour and a half. Ben, do you love a little harsher? Do you love New York and do you love dumb rom coms with neurotics? Yeah, it's almost like it's character of itself in the film. No, Uh, I I like some Woody Allen, but generally the New York York stuff. I I like Purple Rose of Cairo is my favorite uh, Woody Allen movie. That's the one with Samia Farrow and Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is it's like set in silent era or 30s. 
And she keeps going to see this movie over and over again, and Jeff Daniels is the star, and eventually he comes out of the screen and hangs out. Oh, my her. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. It's a cool movie. And um, it's very... And Jeff Daniels is a great actor, by the way. Yeah. God, he's awesome. He's George um, Washington. But yeah, no, uh, Kubrick is one of those guys I would say is a bit like Tarantino in so far that it's an, it's a big deal when everyone comes out because they are so fussed over, maybe, is yeah. the word for it. Um, with Kubrick, it's definitely fussed over. Uh, I would say it's probably the same with Tarantino. But, he, but th- that thing where it's just like, no one else is on this level. Granted, this level doesn't appear that often. But right. man, when you see it and when you see Watch The Shining and you're just like, Holy shit! But but the in the shining, you're never rooting for anyone. Like this is the no, this is like, the thing. This is the thing. Is the that thing, it's such a the thing that Kubrick does so well, and and this was kind of his ethos was like I want to impart everything through image. I want light and sound to do it all. I don't right. want dialogue to do it. I don't want big performances or big thematic arcs. You, if I want the image on screen to convey what it is, and the shining. And almost everyone is movies. The Shining is one of the most effective movies at that. Where so, you're like, I'm looking at a restroom, but it's the scariest restroom I've ever seen because it's bright fucking red and there's a horrible ghost in it, but it's crazy. still normal looking. Um, like, so, so the thing with that movie, 70s looking, the thing that works with that movie that holds up so fucking well is that if you just change them to speak Simlish, yeah, you could still watch the movie. You would understand everything about the that's movie. That's exactly right. And that's it's the, fucking brilliant. That's exactly. That's exactly what he was going and for. And I, I he would feel... He would have loved... I don't know if he would have loved to make silent films because he does love music and all that stuff. But, like, he was going for that more than he was going for, like, it's all going to be about the actor. they got to bring it to the scene. It's more about, like, no, I got the scene. They're there. That's fine. But, like... I mean, the thing, like, as a fan of the book, The Shining, it's a pretty shit adaptation of the book. But that's like, not... But, that, that's, but that's it's, not the it's, point. It's, it is transcendent. Yeah, it is no exactly. longer about like, that. It, like, you know, that's the thing. King's book is very much about a good person struggling with alcoholism. And that's, that's what I didn't Disappointment remember. in their life. That's what I didn't Disappointment in their professional life. Disappointment in their marriage, etc. None of that comes through. Jack Nicholson's... And, and Kubrick was like, hmm, okay, but what if he was just crazy from the, the word go? Like, when he shows up for that interview, he's like... Nah. But, but all right, so then... And then, of course, obviously, I started reading about it, and it's like... Yeah. And Kubrick has said a little bit about the movie, but not too much, just like everything else he's done. Right. Like, like, and very... so basically the the whole premise of the movie is no longer about, like, in the book, you're like, you know who he is. Check right? Torrance you're like, oh, fuck. He's that's... like, he's having a shitty time. Torrence says, deal with all the shit. Like, he is he... professional. He feels yeah. blocked, but his kid. And Kubrick blah, blah, blah. says, fuck all that. This guy was in this hotel Yeah, I feel like they, time they mention him hurting Danny, like, breaking his arm. That's, like, the Dude, one he's bit a... that survives to the movie. But other than that, but, the, the alcoholism... Yes. Which is hinted at also because he talks about how he shouldn't drink when Grady offers him one, yada, yada. But it, it is not the deep dive into the psychology of that. Which is, no. And the reason that King hates that movie is because he, he's Jack Torrance, obviously. Like, he's a yeah, no lot shit. of his characters, no but shit. Jack Torrance but, is definitely one of his, like, calling himself on but, his own shit characters. Right, but, it, but if, if Kubrick made that movie with that in mind, it wouldn't, it it wouldn't, wouldn't work. work. Like, and they made, it, they made a miniseries, an ABC miniseries. And it was terrible. It's really bad. I mean, mainly because it's ABC and they can't show a bunch of stuff. But, like, they tried to follow so the, the book, Light of the Law, and it didn't work. That was the one I watched first as a child. Oh, and wow. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this movie loved? Like, this movie it's fucking so bad. sucks. Yeah. Um, and then you just watch, like, how fucking tight that movie is. Yeah. And like, but it's so, also two and a half hours long. Yeah, <laughs> like it didn't feel like it. It's two forty um, actually. I think so. That fucking movie, I forgot what was in room two thirty through that two thirty seven. I just oh, forgot. Boy. And so when Danny's into it, I'm like, is, he doesn't see the girls in there. He sees the girls in the hallway. It gets to that room two thirty seven scene, and like, 
it's so it is just I was just quiet. I was just like, oh my god. And it's yeah. the middle of the day. It's not like I was watching at night. No. But they did that woman just laughing and laughing and rotting. And that's like, a that's a thing the uh, shining does that is very uh not modern horror is there's not really any jump scares in it. Like outside no, of me, Holler. But that's not what that's Holler not, and gets an axe in the chest. That might be the quickest jump scare in the movie, but other than that, it lets you sit with these really unsettling images. More than it wants to be like, boo, oh shit, if you look at it too long, you'll realize it's shitty. No, that, that, Kubrick's like, no, I'm going to show you this. The room 237 shot. Long yeah. tracking shot of her walking out of the tub. And, she, and then I'm going to cut back to him. And when I cut back to her, she's going to be rotting. And I cut back to him, she's going to be normal again. He does get and to like, kiss her. But then she immediately is just rotting and just laughing and walking towards the door and laughing. And where does he go? He doesn't tell his wife. He just goes back to the bar. And yeah. he's like, hey, you're always my favorite guy. One of my uh, favorite things about the book and is, uh, you know, is, is in the movie in pieces, but all the fucked up things. Ghosts of the Overlook Hotel, like two three seven, is one of the more prominent yes. ones. But like, there's I don't want to say dozens more, but there's a lot more in the book about what the different rooms and the different fucked up shit that has happened at this hotel because it's obviously it's built on an Indian burial ground, like most Stephen King yep. things. Uh, so just like Pet Cemetery, um, he really liked that trope a lot. Uh, but so <laughs> the Overlook is like the Overlook as a character is much more fleshed out in the book, like New I York, really like. Manny Hall, right? On the other hand. I think you accomplish almost everything that book does with that last shot of zooming in on the picture. And you know all of those people are probably in as bad a situation as Jack Torrance is at a, some other point in time. And it's just so fucking creepy. So you, I, Well, that's the thing, right? Oh, that's the thing is that, is that the hotel just doesn't let go. Exactly. Right? Uh, yeah. Of all the bad shit, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I got another one. Yeah, I got it, another it, one. It feeds fucking... on it, basically. That's yeah. the idea. It's like it, in a, it is like Pennywise in the same way that it just feeds on bad shit. And because it's about rich people like indulging, they got a lot of bad shit to work with. So rich essentially, indulging, that's, but, yeah. but even that, like they didn't. And this is, I think the movie was like 1970, 1977. Sure, yeah, it's before Full Metal Jacket, which is 79. So yeah, 70. Um, and the idea that like there, there's that scene where finally like shit has become so real, like for whatever reason, whatever reason you come up with in your mind, things have become so real. That the wife goes in and sees like the guy going down and the other guy yeah. with like the animal mask. An animal mask. And he just yeah. turns up, looks at her, and like, that's it. What? That's the scene, it's and go- it's fucking horrifying. It's, yeah, that's And that's, like he holds on it, and you're just like, ugh. Uh, like, uh, yeah, and you're just the whole time, your skin is crawling. It's that like, thing of like the uh, camera staying when you want to look away. And it's different than jump scares. Jump scare is all about sound, it's about startling you. And, and with the shining and the horror that I tend to like more is the thing that's like, no, it's not going to be like, Blood shooting at you. I mean, there's literally an elevator full of blood in that movie, but that's not. Yeah, but you've already you've seen an image. You see that happen in the first ten minutes. Yeah, and that's also like such a joke. By the time you've seen it, you probably already seen it spoofed. Yeah, but moreover, Kubrick is more again about the image imparting something to you rather than you're like, oh shit, I didn't, I don't know what I saw, so I'll fill it in my imagination, or I'll just jump and then laugh. That's the thing, and that's all there is to it. Whereas The Shining and that style makes you sit with it. In a way that is but that, much to me, more effective. that to me is good horror, right? Absolutely. Like, if I could make a subgenre called the like, terror, that's what it would be. Is like yeah. the be only David Lynch movies. in my opinion. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like David Lynch is like, no, you're gonna look at it. Yeah. you're gonna fucking look at this motherfucker. Yeah. Like you're gonna look. At this and there's even stuff um, in his movies. Like I was watching when Twin Peaks was back on. I was watch. Oh, I watched Fire Walk with me again. Oh my um, god! The scene where Leland Palmer slash Bob murders and rapes his daughter and. Uh, Ronette Pulaski, is that her name? It's the other victim. It's the one they find on the train tracks in the first yep. episode of the show. Anyways, uh, that thing I remembered. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to watch this. It's so fucked up. I don't want to watch. And then I watched it again, and I was like, No, all that was in here. Like there is some stuff, <laughs> but, but the cuts and everything is so expertly done that it leaves you to fill in just enough that you're like, That is so bad. And then you watch it again, you're like, 
I think it's in here. That's that's but that, scary. That's also the power of a good book, right? Yeah. Is that it's yeah. just you you do the heavy lifting and yeah. then what's left the, the Jaws thing with like, you oh know, don't God. show the shark because it's broken, but also the side effect is the shark is way more scary when it shows up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh To go back to Tarantino, that 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 fucking scene in the basement of the beer hall. Yes. Right? It's, yeah. it's just like, oh, like it, the I Tarantino, still do I just still do three like this yeah. to this day because of that scene. The tension <laughs> the tension of the, this thing is going to pop off and we, we're just stuck here. Yep. And we're just... We and know. it just keeps yep. escalating. And More people keep coming yes. in. And that is what I'm... Ter- like, that is... We know that the money shot in... We yep. don't know it. But yep. I strongly suspect the money shot in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the, the killing. Yeah. Right? You would think. And, and that's maybe the advantage he has going in, which is like, you. I'm making it about Manson. I'm casting... A Dewey very Crow. prominent actor as uh, I can't believe it's Dewey Crow. It's so good. I mean, he's it the, is right. He no, is the perfect. Charles I know Manson. he is. Like it's Dewey Crow. <laughs> yeah. I just can't unsee it. Jeremy Davies was born to play Charles Manson. It's a fact. Or Balder and I, I was yeah. He's so good. Um, but yeah, the, the but casting Margot Robbie is like the most prominent actor in the movie probably nowadays at least would be her. Uh, and, she has no lines apparently, and mm, probably minimal. But either way, like casting her as Sharon Tate, you're like, well, that has to be the end of the movie, right? I, I don't know. But, wait. but we are. But I also coming him... from the guy that went like Hitler's in the movie, and then we shot him. Right? Let's fuck it. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the fucking, I, I'm gonna make a call. Yeah, I'm just gonna make some calls. We'll just do this real quick because yeah. we got to move on. Yeah, we should move on to but things that actually exist. And I'm gonna seen. say, I'm gonna say, uh, DiCaprio dies pretty uneventfully. Like sure. either stupidly or uneventfully, that seems like Sounds a Tarantino like Brad trope. Brad Pitt's the bad one out of the two. Um, he, I was gonna say Brad Pitt might. He's not gonna get shot on hiding in a closet like in Burn <laughs> like After Reading. Burn After Reading. Yeah. But he will have like he seems like he's a pretty like miscreant. I don't know. Yeah. He seems like pretty fucking. Yeah, killed his wife by accident. Yeah, possibly there's like some Natalie Wood allegedly. kind of stuff. Yeah. or allusions to the Natalie Wood thing. Yeah. So um, um, they do. We know that they go to the Manson family Spawn ranch, baby. The ranch. So we know that that happens. So does he end up partying with them and like he? Either, in, either, yeah. Yeah, either he falls in and ends up stabbing Sharon Tate, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt dies uneventfully, maybe. Yeah. Um, Dewey Crow is played for laughs. I don't know. That's my guess. I mean, Manson, the thing about Manson that came up over and over when I was, uh, so the, I've mentioned it several times with the podcast. Uh, you must remember this. It's a Hollywood history podcast, and she did a long series on Charles Manson's Hollywood. Recommended to anybody who wants to know. All about that shit. And especially how it tied into the Beach Boys and so weird. all the people that's who so lived around. Yeah. That's, that's what the movie's about. The, the movie's- house, because Sharon Tate's house became kind of an epicenter for the Spawn Ranch people to party yeah. at. But like she lived next door to like Steve McQueen that's and the Candace Bergen. The game- and like, yeah. Huge star. The movie is era. a six degrees of 1969 Hollywood. Yeah. Like that. That's from my understanding. And that's exactly like, what was so fascinating about learning about that thing is that all these people knew this guy and they just thought he was a fucking weird hippie and that's all they gave him. Yep. And it's it's even at the point where he was giving everyone LSD and preaching a race war based on Helter Skelter by the Beatles and all this other stuff. He was still taken at like, oh, hippies. And that's like kind of the point of the yeah. story is that, oh, hippies eventually becomes like, well... You get them burned out enough, <laughs> and you feed them enough LSD, and they will murder whoever you point at. And that's that's like, anyone at any time, but like, it, right? And it doesn't really prove the point, but I think it, it it for the culture at least at that point. That's why it turns from yeah. peace and love to sixties or seventies uh, or all the me generation about like fucking get me money, make cocaine, whatever. Like it switches from this collective thing to this individual thing, and I, then the eighties is like oh individualism is the illest shit. 
Also, yeah, so that's, buy everything. That's the thing. So, <laughs> so it, it progresses from there. But one, yeah. Do you think? All right, you you just make some predictions. Make give me three predictions. Uh, okay, so I think that the Sharon Tate stuff goes differently than it did in history. Just As do I? Right. Like, all right, that seems like something. Um, I don't know because Brad Pitt and DiCaprio are not based on real people. No, so they they're can gonna go have the most. Yeah, they're way. gonna have the most license. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's like I was thinking about. I was listening to another one of my podcasts. I do. Uh, they do the AFI Top One Hundred, and they. Go back through them and see if they are still, should they belong on the FI oh Top 100 cell? And they did Pulp Fiction. And um, it's it's like, yeah, it, that one's one that has to stay because it's such an effect. It not just is a good movie, but it's also like it affected movies for like a decade afterwards. You it affected can't, a lot of bad Pulp, student films. If Pulp too. Fiction didn't happen, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. Maybe not good or bad things, but it's so big you can't yeah. avoid it. Um but I don't know. Like he's working in that the the space in that movie he's working with is like I don't know. It's it's. I also like I know stuff about Bruce Lee how he shows up. Yep. And other things. So I don't know. I guess I would predict the Sharon State stuff didn't go the way you would think it would go, and at least one of those two guys ends up dead. Now wait, did Bruce Lee die in the sixties? Oh 69th? no, no, he's 70s. later, and he took that yeah. Advil in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, it's after. Yeah. It, it's it's in so, the mid seventies. I think. Man. All right. Uh, also, I, there will be uh, Margot Robbie's bare feet will be featured uh, prominently at some point. Yeah, that why? Because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing. Oh, that's absolutely his. I mean, Uma Thurman, right? Yeah, think about okay. it. Okay, go back through all his movies. Yeah, all right. No, I mean he's not he's not shy about it. He's talked about it on talk shows and stuff. Why? He's, he's a book guy. I don't know. Fucking really bad. But like, like if you go back and watch his movies, everyone but obviously Reservoir Dogs. Uh, but like starting in Pulp Fiction, the bare feet tracking across like tracking those on the floor oh, yeah. that's okay. that's yeah, a yeah, signature yeah. Right, shot right, right, of right. his just like the trunk opening is a signature shot of his um but uh why so, does he get the trunk opening if scorsese did it first i don't, I don't understand but like you you look at it it's in it's i it, know it's the opening for it's the framing like hero framing shot for jules and yeah and yeah, vincent yeah. and pulp fiction it's uh is it chris fuck who is it oh god the guy he shoves in the trunk and shoots in jackie brown samuel L. jackson and Oh, Chris Tucker. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Holy that shit. scene. Man, so good. Have you seen Jackie I've Brown? I've not seen Jackie Brown. You should see Jackie I know. Oh, my I God. Know. It's so, so good. And it's so... I mean, it's not atypical for Tarantino. It's still L.A. scumbag crime stuff. But it is It is on a, like... Especially because you, like, Justified. It's an Elmore Leonard thing. So yeah, it's got yeah, that yeah. cool, just like... Uh, it, it's so I good. I fucking love Justified. so good. Uh, can, I, can I talk about the boys a little bit, Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk ben, about are boys. you familiar with Garth Ennis? I am. He writes the comic books, like the preachers. He writes the comic books. Uh, he had a run on, not Punisher. Yeah, I think was he it did. Punisher? I think he did. Punisher. He also had a run on one character, and I fucking oh, it was um, Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or just, whatever, Dread. Um, and so that's the Carl Urban connection for the yep. new one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carl Urban. I do love Carl Urban. Carl Urban could He's be so in good. anything. He could be in an episode of his, Friends somehow, and yeah, I would love I love him in Lord of the Rings. I love him as Bones on Star Trek. He's I love in Lord him, of the Rings? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, what is it, Aomir. He's one of the Rohan guys. He's yeah, in sure. the, at least the second one prominently, and definitely, he's in the third one at some point. So uh, Carl Urban did not, was not, I liked him in the original, or not the original, oh my god. Yeah. In Star Trek, I thought he was excellent as Bones. Yep, he's great. Um, he is the perfect, oh. He's probably the best, like, I'm doing an impression of the original yeah, cast. Yeah, yes. But yes. he's good at it. In I a way liked that it. No one else 
thankfully tries. I think Scotty or Scott Pegg and Scotty is also close to being an impression, but he looks so different that I don't think it really holds. Dread is a is one of the best action movies ever. Dread's fucking awesome. Dread's great. For me, it was like holy shit. This is not the Sylvester Stallone Drudge Dread, which is very bad. And should uh, and not know, be what's, emulated. What's funny is that they weren't able, to, they were not able to get Rob Schneider for no, fascinating. Yeah, but Dread, the like raid adjacent, like we got an apartment complex full of bad guys. Get to the right. top. All you need to know <laughs> about Dread is it's the future, and Cersei's at the top. Yeah, I know. Up. All you need to know is they're stuck in a tenement building. It's the future. Your life doesn't fucking matter. Nope. The court system. You're has, in. What? <laughs> how does it work in Judge Dread? The mega cities like span the coasts. Uh, I, th- I thought they were just out there. So like, yeah. there's everything else is uninhabitable because right. we fucked up the planet. But the coasts are both like giant mega cities. Yeah, and everything in the middle is just a radio. Yeah. I think just radioactive wasteland full of mutants. Yeah, I believe that's. You true. don't need to know any of that, Ben, because all you need to know is that Dread. He's with a rookie who's psychic. He's got this gun that has a bunch of different ammo types yep. that are real cool. He never takes his helmet off. Oh, Carl Urban never takes his fucking helmet am, off in that movie. I, so that was a movie that was like it came like I say it came out the same year as The Raid, so it was definitely compared to that movie. But it was a part of that wave that John Wick like really kind of peaked of like <sighs> dude raw, dirty, fucking gnarly action movies that have great fight scenes, good violence, don't like, really just, care about anything else except yeah. for the like choreography and the fight scenes and the staging, and just like you know The Raid is that. Like, we had an apartment building, and we just had a bunch of fight scenes, and we yep. wrote something around it. Like Judge Dredd has more, Dredd rather, has more of a plot, but still, it's yes. pretty thin. But if you want to hear Carl but Urban like, just rasp man. shit for, it's a great movie. It's just, everything's... It, you, Sunday afternoon, you got to watch an action movie, you don't want to think too much, fucking Dredd is absolutely Dredd is the way to go. So I was like, alright, in my opinion, Carl Urban can do no wrong. On the other hand, I've read The Boys, and I can't wait for him, like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, I get, I get the core of the core of the story is more interesting than the puerile shit. Yeah, and, and that's it, how. And, and you said you were saying that about Preacher too, the, about like yes, yeah, and they kind of just they just wiped out a lot of it. Yeah, Preacher is fascinating because uh, you know there is a lot of puerile shit and you know all this like just lots of piss and shit and blood everywhere. <laughs> like it's just it's very. But the thing about Preacher that's fascinating is this world that it builds where God is an absentee landlord and like it, it all of the stuff in Christian mythology exists, but it's completely fucking weird. Yeah. It, and it, it is it's a subvert, just, yeah. It's really fun and it has a really good group of like three main characters as a vampire. It has, you know, a mercenary and a and a preacher with superpowers. Um and it just it is a I don't want to call it a romp, but it's a road trip. And like the whole thing is this like big, crazy, like alternate America. Written by someone who doesn't live in America, yeah. uh, which but is great. It's really clear, weird perversion of it. I really yeah. like it, um, and it is definitely very puerile. It's definitely very, so, it's very '90s preacher, especially yes. because that's when it was written. So bear, bear in mind that it, when Garth Ennis was asked about the boys, he said it's going to out preacher preacher. Yeah, and I, <laughs> exactly re- reading what he wrote. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, my issue is that if you go too far, like for example, there is a character called Tech Knight who's supposed to be Batman. Yeah, he's a superhero. He becomes overcome with the urge to fuck things. Mm. Anything. Ben, yeah. Anything. Sure, sure. Fuck coffee, fuck doorknob, doorknob, yeah. anything. And there this is a this is a this is a, a series. This is like five issues about Tech Knight and how he fucked his boy named Ladio, who whatever, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, did you did you ever hear the theory that maybe Batman and Robin might be kinda gay? Right. And so I made that it, into a whole thing. Right. And at the end, he basically dies being crushed up by some horrible thing, but in his hallucination. Uh, an asteroid is coming to Earth. It has a big vagina on it. He flies into the sky and fucks. This is all in a panel, by the way. Sure. He fucks the asteroid, saves Earth. That didn't. That didn't really happen. Sounds... He died of a brain tumor. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
That was my concern. Yeah. Was that they would focus that's, on that and be like, yeah, no, you fucked an asteroid. Absolutely. Um, just tongue in cheek. <laughs> like, ah, yeah. It's Watchmen, but goofier. They made a better Watchmen so that's, than Zack Snyder's That's Watchmen. kind of the thing that, like, uh, when, I, when they said they were doing The Boys and I'd heard just the basic premise of it, it was like, the problem that that could have is that it seems so similar to Watchmen that you were like, well, okay, if it's funny Watchmen, sure. What? The thing that Preacher gets away with is there's nothing else like Preacher. Yeah. Like, it just, the characters, the configuration of stuff, like, it just is his thing. Yeah. So when the- you take that and put it into, like, let's analyze superheroes, it's like, well, that I don't know if you heard or not. Yeah, and that's, kind like, of a big that's the big deal. But here's the here's the thing. Here's the difference is yeah. that Alan Moore takes himself way too seriously. Exactly. Um, that, not, that, not that I don't like the Watchmen. Or no, no, no. But, that's, but like that is the thing about Preacher and about the boys from what you've told me is that it doesn't take itself very seriously. No. Um, he has to infiltrate a frat uh, super boy super group. But yeah. that's that's in the, in the comic. In the show, they yeah. could have fucked it up a myriad of ways. They could have ruined it. Yeah. Um, but Carl Urban is Butcher. Butcher is someone who lost a dear loved one to. Homelander, the fucking superhero who's... The, the idea that, like, we need to worry about corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck the Marvel cinematic... Like, there's yeah, very yeah. much... Like, throughout the entire show, there is that drumbeat of, fuck you, this corporation kind of fucking you, fuck you, this corporation is fucking in, you. Yeah. Um, by the way, did I mention that Amazon put this movie out? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. show out. Also. <laughs> um, so, no matter what, it's part of the problem. But, right. like, that fucking idea of Void, void America... Like, oh, God. There is something... They, again, it is the right mix of grounded shit... But also, there's a woman who's getting her ass eaten out, and she just, she's a superhero. She gets a little bit too excited and crushes the dude's head. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah. it's graphic. Like, it's yeah. graphic as fuck. Um, there is leftover style. There is Voight or Vought uh, handles payouts to families that have, like, collateral damage to their family. Yeah. If, like, if, if, so, for example, if a soup uh, throws a car to hit a baddie, yeah. and it bounces off and crushes your mom. Yeah. You're gonna get a payout for that. No, oh, okay. leftover style. There's oh, gonna, there, yeah, yeah. You have to go. You have to sign an NDA. You can't disparage Vought, or you can't disparage the superheroes that work right, for Vought. Right, but you can get a payout. Yep. Um, at the same time, there is some brutally just dark shit. Like of just like, yeah. oh well, you know what? Fuck it. Like we, these people are gonna die innocently, and it's like whatever. Yeah. Um, like I said, Preacher ends its first season by wiping out yeah, an entire town full of innocent in civilians. the TV show. Yeah, it, yeah, and in the show it ends. I mean, in the comic it ends in the first three panels. Right. It's not a far, It's not a cow methane explosion in that, but it like it is very flip about killing a right. lot of people. Um, there is <laughs> there is still that, but yeah. at the same time, there's still like the show somehow still like you do root for Huey. You root for him more than you did in the comic. Yeah. You root for Annie, who's the. I think the strength that comes out in his stuff, from what I've read of Preacher the comic and also the the show, and then just kind of being aware of him is that. He still has really sig- like distinct characters, even if he's yeah. working with a framework that is parodic or something. Yeah, he is still like, but I still have good characters, or I have characters that are at least interesting to read. I, I, uh, I and will... that's the thing that like, um, uh, do you know who Mark Millar is? Uh, so he's a comic book writer. He wrote. Uh, he's most known for Wanted and some other stuff, but he is kind of he is another dude who comes in to edge up shit. Yeah, he, uh... you know, he's the guy who did the the comic where. Um, where uh, Bruce get, Bruce Wayne gets killed instead of his parents, and then his mom becomes the Joker, and his dad becomes Batman, and he's, <laughs> oh, shit. or he he did actually that's probably that's not a bad one, and his other pretty decent one is Red Sun, where uh, Clark Kent lands in Russia instead of yeah, Lansing okay, America. I've read Red Sun, yeah, yeah, yes. that's a good one, but he he generally takes his characters and just gritties them up. He was the guy who took Captain America and turned him into a jingoistic shitty asshole. So when he unfroze from the forties, he was racist. Which is weird because he wasn't racist in the 40s, <laughs> uh, yeah. but nevertheless, right, sure. he's like, 
Uh, I think the famous panel of his run on Captain America is yelling at someone, you think this A on my head stands for France? This was also during, this was also during Bush era Freedom Fries bullshit. So he was on that bandwagon. But he's a guy who does that kind of thing. He takes shit and he gets it all dirty and gritty. Um, But 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 he doesn't have good character. Like his thing is just puerile. It is just, oh, how fucked up is this? And, And I find with Ennis's stuff, at least the stuff that's been adapted, because I haven't read a bunch of his other comics that are not, but he has good characters, even if they're in crazy, horrifying, fucking disgusting situations. There's yeah. something there to latch on to. Uh, and thing, I think that's key. The that's thing, super key. Yeah, the thing with the TV show is that they grounded, they grounded it. Because I hate Mark Millar, I'd just like to say for the record. No, for <laughs> like, sure. and I don't... Red Sun is interesting, but like everything else I've ever seen him do, I'm just like... Fuck this guy. Yeah, but like, I mean, that's, you know, Fuck I. Fuck this guy. <laughs> I don't like David Lynch as a person because he's yeah. just infuriating. Oh, but it's. But I find shit. him endlessly charming. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. But uh, see, for me to say charming would be. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Um, oh my God. Uh, Rescue Dawn. Why the fuck can't I think of his name? Mm. Herzog. Uh, oh, yeah, he, absolutely. Me, I, I, I would I love to love, just listen to him right. talk for two hours. But. Uh, <laughs> Werner Herzog is my guy. Yeah. If I heard I David would Lynch, also listen to Lynch in the same capacity. <laughs> one of my favorite. This is infuriating, Ben. God. One of my favorite videos in the history of YouTube is a. Uh, it's called David Lynch Makes Quinoa. <laughs> and it's all about him making quinoa because yeah. he loves to eat it. But while he's making the quinoa, he's like, all right, we're going to make this quinoa. And he does it in his kitchen, which of course is all black tile yep. and everything. And then he gets. He's like, all right, we got to let this quinoa sit. So I'm going to tell you this story about getting sodas on the border between these two, I don't remember which European countries they are, but it's this incredibly David Lynch story with like a weird creature and the light and all this other stuff. And he just tells it on his patio while he's making quinoa. And it's like, yeah, I'm see, just like, I don't know what the image would be, but like the giant anime eyes. I'm just yes. like, oh my God, he's I so know, good. But, I'm he's, just like, <laughs> but it's infuriating because I'm like, there's no fucking rhyme or reason in any of this shit. Yeah. I mean, there is, but there isn't. <laughs> Um, Alan Moore, same thing. He's just up his own yeah. fucking ass. Alan Moore like, is more. He takes his shit too seriously for yeah. me to be like, dude. You took, like, so he's he's uh, he was talking shit about Watchmen, the the one that's coming on <laughs> I HBO. Saw that. yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, they're using my characters and blah blah blah. I'm like, nearly everything you have made has been other people's characters. Yeah. If it's Swamp Thing, if it's all the Watchmen characters, which are all based off of Silver Age DC characters that nobody knows. If it is uh, Batman, if it's uh, Lost Girls, which is like erotic fiction written with. Oh God, who is it? It's Wendy from uh, uh, from Peter Pan. It's uh, I can't remember the rest of them. Shit, but it's like classic literary figures he wrote erotic fiction about. So either way, Elmore has no leg to stand on as far as originality goes because he's ripped off. He's a great storyteller and he's told many original stories, but he does it using other people's characters. Right, and, and that, that, inherently, largely, that inherently opens you up to being like, well, like, except for V for Vendetta. That's literally the only one I can think of. That is not based on... I liked the film version of I love V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is a great adaptation because the original V for Vendetta is a Thatcher screed. Yes. And it works great. It's a great book. But then the... the, I don't want to say Wachowskis, but they basically shot it. It's known that... uh, I think it's John McTee. There was their second AD for the Matrix movies directed that movie... But really, but he didn't on, really. But really, it's a witch Basically, Warner Brothers called him up the last minute. We were like, we gotta, yeah. we gotta tighten this up. Yeah. So, uh, but that one's very Bush era, like very oh, clearly, like 100%. the the prison that Natalie Portman gets put yeah, in. One hundred percent. Yeah, but it works great because he they know what the basis of right. V for Vendetta is, and they can take it and put it somewhere else. Whereas you have Zack Snyder be like, 
Warshak's the coolest because he chops people oh in the God. face. Yeah, and it sucks. And it's like and it's you sick. ignore the fact at the end that Rorschach basically gives the Daily Stormer the fucking like, it's the only publication he trusts. Yes. He's a fucking he's a right wing. Which crazy is person. again, this is the thing with with Garth Ennis is yeah. like if you if the fact that he said this this book so if you got creators that misread it. It could go real right. bad. He said, this, this show's gonna, or this comic book's gonna out preacher preacher. And that's a horrible quote. That's so fucking it's dumb. It's a bad way to start. Um, it's a bad <laughs> way. But if you said, oh, I'm gonna build this complex world in which, like, corp- like soups exist, yeah. it's all, like, it is capitalism brought to extremes, but also tied into, like, American evangelicals. Right. And, like, and we're just gonna fucking serve it up. And Are there. make Amazon make it. <laughs> is, is this high art? No! No! My wife refuses to watch it, will never watch it with me. I explain. Fair enough. Right. She doesn't want to see some girl get her ass eaten out and then crush her landlord's head and then wouldn't? get blackmailed, but and then have Carl Urban blackmail them. But what a great fuck. Oh my God. And I love the idea of like, var- this is also in like the vampire RPG, is like, mm. there- you can't just be a superhero. There's varying degrees. Yeah. Um, because the pr- the premise of the show is that Compound V, in the, at least the comic book, is a Nazi. Like it's a Nazi. Yeah. Well, and it always material. read to me as the cynical, or at least when I read it, it's like, oh, it's the super soldier serum it's, from Captain correct. America, but evil. Right. Um, <laughs> Nazis made it. Yeah. This company was like, okay, we can we'll steal these scientists after World right. War II. We'll use them. Oh, Compound V is great. Um, Actually, Nazis kind of make the super soldier serum in Captain America. Also, is it Nazis or Hydra? Uh, Tiger. Uh, well, then there you go. Same difference. Um, no, in 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 fucking the boys, it is very it is Nazis. Yeah, it's not like that's the fucking the Ennis thing of like, yeah, you guys have superheroes, but guess what? I mean, Nazis like, did it. Like, like I said, in Preacher, Hitler has been a major character on that show for two two to three seasons. Oh my god, just a guy playing Hitler, and he's like a very demure Hitler. But okay, it's, it's this very you know Ennis thing of just like, and I mean that was Preacher at the time was very much like, uh. Fuck the Christian moral majority. Yeah, that's and- exactly what I'm doing, and that's the kind of thing that if you did that today, everyone would be like, "So what? Who cares?" Right. And back in the '90s, that was definitely more thing. So uh, I think it's a testament to that stuff that it still works in yeah. 20 um, but, whatever. But if you have any, if you have any reservations about watching a child get cut in half in a plane. With laser eyes, yeah, probably not the show for you. No, don't probably, watch that show, or probably not the for show for you. Um, and that's why it's not high art. But God damn but it, damn it, it's well made. <laughs> I think it is, and and I don't know. Like I can't tell how much of a bubble I'm in because no one else has watched it that I know. Yeah, so, I, I mean, like reviews for it were like meh, and they were still on the side of like Ennis, whatever. And, and, and it's a lot of the angles I saw it come at. I I think and I'm to me I'm like well, but it's not his. I mean, it's an adaptation of his shit. But like, if you're gonna take it like that, Preacher was taken as a, a Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg thing. Yes. So why wouldn't this? I, I'm, but and that's the thing. The preacher never really made an impact. No, I don't think it never no. did. Outside of its kind of first season, where it was just like, I, they're doing it, shit. And they and keep then, making. So is that done? Uh, it'll finish this year. Finishes. Yeah. So with the boys, like, <laughs> sorry, sidebar. But did you see? Uh, it was uh, at their. They had their panel at Comic Con, and uh, uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss, the guys who wrote Game of Thrones, basically, famously, they they backed out of their panel. They have a panel. Oh, like, right. Every year, yeah, and they yeah, were yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, the cast can deal with this. We're yeah. not going in front of those fucking nerds. And um, that was a weird thing. But moreover, Rogan started his panel by just being like, I will answer any question about the Game of Thrones finale wow. you have. I'm, I'm oh, I here that. for I it. I saw that. I saw that. It's really that. funny. That's fucking amazing. He's great. Anyways. Um, but but, th- but just what you're talking about, Comic-Con. Yeah. yeah. Guess what? Comic-Con's really just one big commercial. Yep. Guess what? They talk, oh, God. They yeah. talk about that. Even in, more than this year. Like yeah. the things that the boys talks about, it has no right because it's... It's schlock. It's a yeah. fucking comic. Like, not that comics can't be art, but, but, but like, they could have fucked it up. 
yeah. and said, no, let's talk about corporatization of this. Let's talk about like military industrial complex shit. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. It's bigger ideas than just aren't superheroes. Dumb. But also the characters have arcs. Like, yeah. Huey... And that's, it's also why Watchmen works is because it's not just what kind of an idiot dresses up, but like, what's the pathology there? Like what's, what causes this? All these yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, the, the whole idea is that you can make human superheroes. They're still yeah. fucking superheroes. They're not gonna. They're not gonna behave the same way. And as moreover, they do. being like, okay, well, Batman's fueled by trauma. Blah blah blah. What if we made the trauma really fucked up? And that's Watchmen. <laughs> like Watchmen is like taking the trauma and making it more real than. Yeah, just, like, I mean, he was killed in Crime Alley by yeah. Joe Cool or whatever. Yeah, and the, but Watchmen's also like very much talking about like the bigger picture. Of, like, yeah, how was Vietnam impacted by Doctor Manhattan? Right. What would happen? It, like, you know, the the famous line from Watchmen. It's still one of my favorite lines in all of comics books is the superman is real and he is american as a role as a as a like don't worry he's uh, he's on our side (laughs) i I prefer ozymandias's quote basically he monologues he says before he was like if you think there's any remote chance i would have fucking fucking monologued i love that part so much see that's the thing but that scene is is just heavy yeah right it's very heavy and And if you read it you're just like oh shit it's that weird thing too when you uh, The Incredibles takes a ton of stuff from from Watchmen shit ton like the cape stuff but also even Jason Lee goes you know when he's and he's like oh you got me monologuing again like ah you got me so there is that self-awareness of of what comics are yeah but also the idea that this is a fucking business this is a fucking business and like they talk about their Twitter numbers constantly and it's even more prescient today as far as it's a business and it's not about the nerds it's not about the fans because if you look at what Marvel's doing and not even that Marvel's uh, Marvel and Disney have done this crazy thing where they have both enraptured the people who love those comic books even though they haven't really adapted them but also have brought in this insanely huge mainstream audience yes. into fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Thanos land. So, it's so Ben, here's crazy. here's where we we're ultimately you just beelined right to where <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go. Guess what, motherfucker? Like this is about Disney taking everything over. That's what that's what this fucking show is yep. about. That's what it's about. It's about consolidation. And that's that's what like that's what it's about. Yeah. And I, like it's something that I don't want to say like oh it's very scary. It's like it doesn't really fucking matter. There's superhero properties. It doesn't matter. What matters but it matter. is like but ma- it does but matter. Massive corporate massive media conglomerates uh, continuing to shrink down and all become one thing is scary. And like it's completely scary. the only thing I can always think of is the Thirty Rock joke of like who actually owns NBC. But it's it's Shrinehart it's Shrinehart Wig Company. Shrinehart right. Wig Company, exactly. Um, so that, GE owns everything. But then they own Shrinehart Wig Company, which owns every right. television network. <laughs> like it's just this insane, you know, and you can see it in everything. It's not just media, but it, it is it is worth paying attention to, but, but the idea fucked up. But the idea of these people mindlessly rooting for A Train yeah. in, in the show—he's like he's the fastest man on earth, except yeah. that his abilities are waning. Yeah, and like because of the way the Seven is set up, the Avengers. Like if you're not doing your numbers, if you're not getting the Twitter likes, you're gonna get off mm-hmm. that fucking team. Yeah. So and like he's dealing with that. He's also an asshole. He runs through a girl. And, yeah. <laughs> they, and, the, and the company basically says we'll pay you forty thousand dollars. Yeah, because you're not you're not her husband. It's so. one of my um, one of my favorite favorite things about the Spider Man game that came out for PS4 last year. Uh, Spider Man has it. It's not Twitter, but it's a social media feed. Oh, this idea yeah, yeah, that yeah, he yeah, has yeah, yeah. to exist as your friendly yes. neighborhood Spider Man on Twitter, along with oh being a, your actual friendly neighborhood Spider Man, is like this. Really, it's like that's fucked up. But also, oh, absolutely, he would have to do that. Like, yeah. people would be tweeting at Spider-Man all the time. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. is like, one of the main characters goes through a costume redesign, and yeah. she's a conservative Christian who mm. joins the team. And then, like, they're like, all right. And so they have the two guys come in, the two writers, and, like, we here's what we thought of when we thought of Oh, they have, like, writers yeah, for the car? Yeah, because that's good. what they do, because they, they do brand building. And so yeah. the two guys are like, all right, you're a small-town girl. You come to the big city. It's scary. But you're also, like, and they picture the whole, like, as you would <laughs> at an ad agency. 
And then they unveil a thing, and it's like the super fucking it's revealing. It's the Captain Marvel like black squints, like black sequin swimsuit with a yeah, scarf. Like, the fucking boobs are all <laughs> yeah. shoved up. Like, and they put in a lot of. There's a personal assistant character who's really good, who's just a huge bitch. No yeah. offense. Um, she's just a nightmare. Um, she's like yelling. She's chastising superheroes for not being on Twitter enough and like getting their numbers and their poll numbers. Um, she's very personal assisting. <laughs> yeah. She might be a director, or yeah, a, right. a media marketing manager. But that is it. It's the idea of you have your brand. We're going to mindlessly root for these heroes, even though it means nothing to me. Ben, the idea now that, like, here's, here's the fucking terrifying thing. I'm going to go way off the fucking tracks on this, so I'm sorry. All right. The Bible, theory, like, historically, the Bible is the most well-known piece of literature. Sure. You're like, oh, I understand who Moses is. I, right? Splitting that seat. Now, imagine if, back then, one company controlled that and they said, the, the biggest cultural touchstone, the Bible, <laughs> we're going to call the edits John, what if I called the co- that company the I mean, kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, for sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but now the it's Catholic still has, yeah. the idea. So the idea that Disney has now literally they have Star Wars, they have the MCU, yeah, like they have, they will dictate to you yeah, your lovable it, heroes it, are. It, like, it really it's was, um, and I, I've said this story several times before. But uh, Ralph breaks the internet sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. Oh yeah, great movie. The first Wreck-It Ralph is a great movie. I love it to pieces. Um, it's a uh, really cool, and it. it it's all about like classic arcade stuff. It's a little bit like Toy Story. Yes. Like what's the interior life of yeah, arcade yeah, yeah. machines? Um, but it's got a lot of great game references. It's a really good movie. It's super fun. It's great. The second one, they go into the internet. And it's a thing where like in five years, that movie won't make sense to people. Nope. It's this insane yeah. thing. But there is a scene where uh, they go to a Disney fan site. And the Disney fan site is just this huge room full of Disney, Marvel, Star Wars characters all hanging out. Like group. Is that the one with the princess support group? Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's so good. Which is pretty great. Like, the idea that the princesses all realize... And they're wearing, like, pajamas yeah. and shit. Well, I thought like, that was funny. They're all wearing their normal princess outfits, and then Vanellope, who's uh, Sarah Silverman's character, yeah. she's the princess from wreck Ralph. One, she shows up, and she's just in sweatshirt and sweatpants, and they're like, you can just wear that? Yeah, she's like, you, yeah. yeah. You and then they comfy. all get yeah. their own special sweatsuits, right. which is really funny. But, um... I thought it was a good scene. On the intro to that scene, they pan across the fan site as it's like a, a like a city square or something because everything's personified as sure. the internet. And they pan across it, and it's like Groot giving a TED talk and like a, to a bunch of Star Wars characters. Yep. And it's just this thing where it's supposed to be Disney going like, "Ah, oh, it's fun, right?" And it's just the fucking light draining out of my face when I'm watching it. I'm just like. They really do own everything. And yeah. then I think the thing that codified that on top was the day that the Fox-Disney merger finished, I went on to Fox, or <laughs> I went on to Disney's website, and they had Deadpool and Donald Glover from Atlanta and Family Guy and all these other things. Atlanta. And everything oh, from no. FX and Deadpool's there. And it's just like, they, they won't, I mean, they won't fuck with these things probably, probably. But, like, Deadpool's a weird one where it's, like, they will never let that character in the MCU. No. Like, that character does, like, straight-up on-screen so wait, was, dick jokes. Right, they was, can't have that in the MCU. It's not Deadpool possible. was Fox, not Sony, right? Yeah, Deadpool but, was basically part of the X-Men universe. Yes. Which, so, but then Spider-Man was Sony. Yeah. But, but then Sony licensed him to the That's MCU. the weirdest one, because Spider-Man yes. basically, they licensed Peter Parker Spider-Man to MCU to use. Yes. And they kept the ability to do Miles Morales, which is what Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> yeah, 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 is. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, kept yeah. the ability to do Venom, which is what they yep. did with the Venom movie. And both those movies were massive hit hits, so they're not going to give those The Venom up. one was? Yeah, huge. I heard Tom Hardy was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, kind of like, Venom's one of those, you know, talk about 90s comics, he's definitely the epitome of that, where it's like, what said, if Spider-Man, but he was like... <laughs> had teeth and he ate people 
So you're saying Tom Hardy, but I know that you mean Topher Grace, right? Yeah, right, right, right. The the, the quintessential, the canonical. And he gets Venom. defeated by a church bell. Right, right, right. Yeah. Fuck um, that movie. So like, and Spider-Verse is fucking awesome. Yeah, I heard so it's great. I can't wait for them to make more of that. But um, it's this weird thing where they're like, you can have Peter Parker. That's and, so fucking... And you can, have Aunt, you can have Mary Jane, or you can have Aunt May, but in a different format. She's younger and sexier, so you can make... Dude, she's Marissa Tomei. Marissa oh Tomei. God. Um, but it also makes sense because Peter's younger in those movies, too. Uh, it's weird, though, because every version of Aunt May that you've ever seen prior to that is, like, old. Dude, in the animated, in the animated <laughs> like show on Fox, old. she's old. So the cool one that they do in Spider-Verse is that she knows Peter's... Spider-Man, and she has, like, a fucking bat cave under her house. What? And she's all about it, and she's she's basically Alfred. That's what they do with her in spider Interesting. Did you watch that Young really Alfred cool. movie or whatever the fuck? No. Was that a movie? No. I don't think that's happened yet. It's supposed to be on DC. I can't keep track of any of the shit, Ben. It's hard. I don't know. It's hard. I think that's, I think that's on DC's thing, streaming thing, but whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, yeah, uh, the, the corporatization of all these things is, is interesting, but also, like, I really like those Deadpool movies. I think they're really funny and they're really good send-ups of both the self-seriousness of the X-Men movies and just comic book movies I like in the general. First, I thought the first Deadpool was very yeah. funny. And the second one's better, I would say, overall. Yeah. I mean, it's a better movie. It's maybe not quite as funny as the first one, but... And you're a huge T.J. Miller fan, right? Uh, no. <laughs> huge anti-T.J. Miller fan. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> but I do like Ryan Reynolds a lot and um, I, like Ryan Reynolds I just well. I think those movies work really well. And the idea of that character existing in the MCU would be, A, the most exciting thing ever because it would totally fuck that whole thing up. And make it so kids couldn't watch it, but also they're never going to do that because you don't, dude. You don't know. You got those four quadrants. You got to get the kids, the the youths, the olds, and the older olds. Fuck off. If you do, if you're making a two hundred fifty million dollar movie, there's no other way to make a movie, basically. Yeah, but you say you say that until yeah. there until that well runs dry. God, and I hope is, it does. And this is, this I, is what I'm I. waiting for because but we're already in the first phase, but theoretically, because well, Endgame happened. Yeah, that was a spring. No. Yeah. No, that was it was last year. It was April. Oh my god, dude. It feels yeah. like a million years ago. Also, now the biggest movie of all time. Yep. Just Past Avatar. Yep. Fuck you, James Disney Cameron. already reported, I think today, they are having the best year of any studio in history. All right, and get the it's only going. fucking July. Get the layoffs going. Because they got, End, they got Endgame. They got that fucking Aladdin remake. They got that fucking Lion King remake. They got that fucking Spider-Man. They're I, going I, to have a fucking Star Wars movie and Mulan by the end of this year. They are going to be... Wait, are they doing a side story? They're going to fill the Magic Kingdom with dollars. What's the Star Wars? Uh, Episode 9. This year? Rise of Skywalker, yeah. It's December this year. When was the last one? Two years Uh, ago? Yeah, Last Jedi was two years ago. What the fuck? I, I like know Last Jedi, the, but holy the shit. The discourse on Last oh Jedi continues God. so far the, beyond it. I'm going to point out that Ben put his yeah, fingers up. I'm going to put big air quotes fingers, around the discourse yeah. around okay. Last Jedi. The massive bitching about Last Jedi lasted so long, you would think it only came out like two weeks ago. But actually, it turns <laughs> out it came out in 2018. Um, so yeah, Rise of the is going to make... A boatload uh, of money. Okay. I'm gonna see that motherfucker. I I, I, can't wait. I was fine with the last one. I, I really like Last Jedi. So yeah, it, it is going to be a big year for that fucking company. And on top of those movies, they're releasing their streaming service in November. So, and as I, I almost want to say no here because fuck the corporations, but they got all the Simpsons for like five bucks a month. What's oh my god! What the fuck am I gonna do with that? I'm gonna buy it. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh. Like and I know that's probably only a year one thing. It's gonna be like Netflix. It's gonna go up every year. But like all of Disney shit plus The Simpsons, 
<laughs> I'm there for six bucks a month. Yes, the beloved, the beloved Disney franchise, The Simpsons. Look, I'm gonna go Can watch, and I'm gonna go back and watch that Rescue Rangers movie from 1987. It's gonna be great. Rescue Rangers is great. <laughs> it is great. It's a good franchise. Um, but it, it is is this weird thing, and and specifically for for Disney to just like take everything, and. I don't know. We'll see what we don't have any choice how it shakes out. You know, I, I've been consistently saying in the cyberpunk future we live in, the pyramid above the smog is going to be fucking Mickey Mouse on top of it. <laughs> I guarantee, goddamn tears, he's going to win. He's going to win it all. Oh, I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, Cloud Atlas, uh, the movie. The, one of the timelines in Cloud Atlas takes place in Seoul, like in twenty. No, like 30, 40 or something like that. Sure. And there's no movies anymore. They're just called Disney's because nobody... Wow. Disney just bought all the movies, so they're just called Disney's. So that's where I feel like we're heading. <laughs> but... It, um, it, it, yes, it, it is genuinely upsetting. Can I take a quick amount for a TV show I like? Go for it. Um, so I watched... Uh, it was on. It's on Netflix. Not a Disney company, somehow, yet. Yet. Um, uh, this show called Russian Doll. That came out earlier this year. Is that the one with the chick year. from Orange is the New Black? Yeah, Natasha Leone. Yes. It's weird. Whenever I see her, I'm like, oh, the chick from American Pie. That's why I think of her. Oh, one. But man! She's been in other things Holy since shit. then. And she is so fucking good in the show. I, I, I'm I, like, man. Is this I, one where she has amnesia? No. So, yeah, it, it is a uh, eight-episode Netflix thing, 20 minutes a pop, eight episodes. Oh. Uh, and it is this uh, this woman. She's in New York. She's on its like thirty seventh birthday, I think. And she basically uh, it starts at her thirty seventh birthday party, and then she goes through the night and she dies. And when she dies, oh, she okay. starts back in yes, the bathroom yes, at yes, the party. Yes, yes. And uh, so it is a Groundhog Day kind of sure. time loop thing. Um, but it 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 really it's so fucking good in how it uses that loop format, both to be like you know what's gonna happen, and she can go through it. But she's trying to figure out why she's stuck in it. Um, and at the end of every episode, nearly every episode at least, there is the Russian doll format, kind of the title of the show comes into play in that they will add a wrinkle to it. Okay. It'll be like, oh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a repeat, repeat. Oh, hey, all the fruit is rotting for her. So time's passing. I don't know what's going on, but every time they huh. add another layer. So it keeps you, it's a really well-paced show. Is it like Landelier's? Uh, no, it's thankfully not like <laughs> Zing! Um, Boom! Stephen King bringing it all home. But I think the biggest thing about the show that's so impressive is the time loop thing is really cool. It's really fun, and I think it 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 culminates in it's, it's similar to Groundhog Day in that it doesn't have like a big explanation for why it's happening. It's more of a personal character thing sure. for why it's happening because you know Phil Connors wakes up, he's not an asshole, and then it doesn't. He wakes up the next day and it's not sending a yes. chair, and that's how it goes. They yes. don't explain why it was happening. If you go back and look at it, you're like, oh, God, he was in that loop for, like, hundreds of years. That's amazing. Yes. But it's not, the, the movie never draws attention to that. And this is very similar. Which in that would be case. hell, by the way. Really. No, no. I mean, the characters are aware they're in a loop, yes. but they don't really, like, go, oh, what if I did this? What if I... Yeah, yeah. So Does um, she have the breakdown where she just does whatever she wants? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah! Oh, man. I think it's the end of the second episode. She Perfect. just, like, goes on a fucking bender yeah, for, like, the whole last five episodes. Because fuck it. Yeah. Um, and it, it just... It, there is a weird, like, video game thing to it where... They, her job, she's a video game programmer. And their, what? Con- their conception of what video games are is TV bad. Is it, very... is it worse or better than Holt and Catch Fire? 
equivalent. Oh! I would say Hull and Catch Fire might be a little more accurate, but it's a minor part of the show, I would say. It, it, it does good good framework for her being like, okay, I'm going to figure this out because I'm a programmer and I want to figure out yeah. why this is happening. They're, the games they actually show are like, what? That's bullshit, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, is it better or worse than the Veronica Mars episode where she dresses up like an e-girl? Better. Okay. All right. <laughs> At well, least better. All right. Um, but so the, I think the big thing about the show that's so good aside from it being this cool premise is that Nick she plays this character who is like a fucking from New York, like yeah, doing yeah, yeah, a yeah, big yeah. accent, yeah. like fucking, she's got this big red hair. Yeah. Like she's very, it's a huge character and it would be so easy for someone to overplay it like crazy and not make it like work on a, like why would anyone know or hang out with this? Person? Why not replace her with Fran Drescher? And she fucking rules. She's so good. I love that character to death. She's a total mess, but also, it just the, the performance is so good, and I can't believe because as soon as you start talking, I'm like, oh boy. Are and we then, talk- like, five minutes later, I was like, I think she's got it. So <laughs> I think she's got describing it. Describing something like that is, would she? Would the character fit in on Broad City? Maybe it's still or is pretty she more big. like girls. Uh, no, no, no. She's much more big New York, big New York. So that's a Broad uh, City, then. but but it still like works really fucking well. And then as it progresses to the loops, and as you kind of. It's just it's a really great like does she is it a, is it a journey of self-discovery then? in some ways oh yeah of course <laughs> of course it I is. mean that's the same thing with, right. with Phil Grand Connors movie. it's the same yeah. thing yeah. Um, but it, it's just it's really cool how it starts fucking with as she keeps going through the loop stuff starts changing in weird way like it, it it manages to be really creepy in parts which I think is really cool it's incredibly funny it's produced by Amy Poehler and uh, some other people who I should know but are it, it is really incredibly well directed huh. like it's just it's a it's fucking great like sunday afternoon you can binge it probably in a day but it's it's super and it has a satisfying ending oh uh, yeah well so yes or I would will say there be a second season? emotionally yes and they said there's a second season which is odd to me but i would like to see where it goes um it's not quite as fine as groundhog day where it's like he solved the problem and now yeah he's back. so is the tone is would you say the tone similar to something like what's the um fred armisen and uh oh my rudolph one forever yeah. uh it's a little more dark than that yeah that one yes that one's a little bit puffy in terms um, of like... but it has a similar kind of like here's a supernatural weird thing and we're just gonna kind of roll it out and not spend a ton of time being like this is what the show but, is but it has internal rules but it has rules yeah. exactly and and they start to figure out the rules and 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 yeah like halfway through she meets someone else who's doing it so that's kind of like the oh, latter shit. half of the show so like it, it is a i don't know it's just a great escalation i i'm assuming, again the russian doll name keeps coming up but it's uh it's really fucking good it's probably one of the best things i've watched all year and like chernobyl is the only other thing that like Ranked. I was gonna say about Chernobyl. The only other, not, like, I'm thinking of TV. Fucking... I got done with that. I was like, "What's the best TV I've watched this year?" And it's like Chernobyl, Chernobyl. and like, that, and that's it, pretty much. <laughs> like, I like other shows. I enjoy Riverdale. I enjoy these other oh, shows. But don't like, even fucking. Bring but you up can't Riverdale. call it good television. No. <laughs> so. That's the thing about the boys. Like, for for as much as I love it, it's more just like I'm shocked they didn't fuck it up. Yeah, and I'm happy you got a second season. And I heard God. great, great, great stuff about Russian Doll, and then finally it was just like. And this is the genius of Netflix, right? Okay, so I went on to Netflix to watch Stranger Things 3. Really enjoyed it. Loved Stranger Things 3. And I was like, well, I'm on Netflix. What else have I missed? <laughs> and Russian Doll was like, oh, I'm here now. I'll watch this. And then I started watching um, Tuca and Birdie, the other show from the BoJack ah. Peoples, uh, which also got canceled by Netflix. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it kept me in the... It was this weird thing where I was like, oh, this is how this works. Like, they get me in there with Stranger Things, and then they... 
there's other stuff there. And then I don't use it for like three months. And then. Well, how back. else are you going to watch the farm? True. I always think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Bam. Boom. How Sam Elliott. How much? Did you need that paycheck, bud? Uh, it's at the ranch. Actually, it's not the farm. Oh, the ranch. The ranch. Is it. Did, how bad did he need? How I bad know. I want to imagine that he doesn't, but I also know that Sam Elliott, he ain't a leading man per se. He's a working dude. He's a working actor. He's so, a working actor. He's so fucking good. Yeah, he's he great, but, just get but paid, he's a working actor. He should be paid in perpetuity for his role in The Big Lebowski and, 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 and Tombstone. Oh, well, once, once Disney acquires the rights to Big Lebowski, yes, exactly. then they will, when, they, once will get the, residuals. Once the Cohen Cinematic Universe is born... Oh God! I just said it'll that just out be loud. white Russians I, in I bathrobes. Just, I just said that out loud, didn't I? That's in the internet, and now Mickey is making it happen right now. So hear me out. They recreate the dude's apartment in Disney World. You go in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really tied the room together. Oh, oh <laughs> don't drown me in the toilet. Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Donnie. Yeah, yeah. You're out of your element. Yeah, um, uh, but then, but then you. So it's called uh, Lebowski Week. You yep. go down. You get you get a free bathrobe. You get a, you get a they white already Russian. do that as a convention. But if they just brought it to Disney, no, no. They're gonna do it's, what was that? What was the new Star Wars park? Um, mm, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge. But they'll do it with Lebowski. They'll do it with Simpsons and Family Guy. Yep, it'll be like South Central, uh, South LA. Apartments, the, you can be Lebowski. <laughs> I fucking hate it, dude. It, it is upsetting. It is like, and it's this weird thing where you're like, I know I should like it because they do a good job with all these properties. Like they haven't really fucked up Star Wars outside of Solo. They haven't really fucked up Marvel. Was Solo that bad? No, not even. It was fine. It's just, it's one of those movies that you can't help but bring a shitload of baggage to if you know anything yeah. about it. And you go like, man, that Lord Miller, that one joke about Lando's cloakroom on the Millennium Falcon, if only that was the whole movie, it would be a good movie. Um, that would have been a Lord Miller movie then. Exactly. So that, that, but then that, that, that joke, never happened. That so. joke is their joke. Everything else in that is Ron Howard as fuck, which is to say it, Bland. Totally, it, it totally which, exists. Which is, which is to say it just exists. It exists. Because there's nothing. I watched Apollo 13 a couple months ago. Yeah. In the, in the spirit of the race. I was going to say. And it's a great movie. That's probably my favorite of his. So but how does that hold up? But it's a bland Fucking yeah. movie, it's dude. Fucking, like I, I love it. it. I love Tom Hanks. It but it was directed by a loaf of Wonder Bread. Yep. <laughs> it, in every, there is no hard edge on that movie. No. There's nothing. That, it's, no. it's just I mean, even that. Beautiful Mind, which is about some prickly subjects like Paranoid Schizophrenia and whatever. It's kind like of? it's a very like every scene is lit with gold and like it is so sentimental and that's which, which is so bizarre because what he does every time Ron Howard was on Arrested Development, he just takes the shit out. Like he just takes yeah. the piss out of himself. That's the so thing, it's like, like I don't understand. I like like Ron Howard because he doesn't He's seem fine. to be a super serious whatever no, he but, knows he's fucking you know the dude from happy days perpetually but it could be worse he could be scott Bayo. exactly he's ranting about trump all yeah day. but he is also he's a he's a work workman director he's the one you're he's like a working director you yeah, certainly yeah. point the yes. camera in the right direction right and, and uh God. and Dis- Dis- disney said all right who's the, how do we just level the ship out well how that, do we just make it as flat as possible yeah. oh run and they had already spent you know the budget of that movie and, and so the thing about Solo that's weird is it's the most expensive Star Wars movie by orders of magnitude because they had to make it twice. Basically, they filmed a bunch with Lord Miller they, and went like... Meh. But they had to have made their money back, right? Oh, probably worldwide. Or maybe washed out. And even if not, you know, if like, they do with three other Star Wars movies, they'll buttress it. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it was, it was a uncharacteristic misca- miscalculation for the mouse, for sure. Because generally speaking... They have known what people want and have hit that button hard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think with the Marvel stuff, they that's the thing that's been probably most consistent, is is even though there are some movies within that thing that people are like, eh, they're whatever, there's fucking three of them a year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, I So I went to... I have the... the real quick while I go on the screen. 
five, five minutes. Yet, but yeah, um, we have. I have the. I had the ability to go to Disney World and have Disney World effectively end one of my relationships. Not not because of Disney World. I can it, see it. It was just the final fucking. <laughs> it's it's a catalyst. We'll call it. Yes, of just me being like, I'm not happy in my life. Like I'm not happy with so anything. What am about I myself. doing yeah. here? Like nothing. This is just everything. Just seems off and wrong and shitty. Yeah. Um. And I'm stuck down here in this, this person. And uh, for that, I I just really wanted to go see. There is a ride about Disney himself. It's about the creation of Disney World. It's not a popular ride. I forget what the fuck it's Shocking. called. Shocking. <laughs> um, and you sit down in the theater, and it's a very puff piece. Yeah. Obviously. But even even in this biography of Walt Disney, it comes out that like he basically was on the verge of suicide. Not they don't say that. He was like having a in the thirties. He was just manically depressed. Yeah. Fucking at the bottom of his life, and he's on a train going somewhere, and he doodles Disney. Or, you know, he doodles. He, Doodles Mickey Mouse. Mm. And if you understand about like Oswald the Rabbit and how far back that shit goes, I'm like right. he is he at this point he's a failure. Yeah. He is a fucking failure at the worst of his part, and he makes Mickey Mouse. And, and then <laughs> and then everything just turns the fuck around. Yep. And and it on the one hand, that is the most rosebud shit I've ever heard. Totally. It's of just a man in the depths of despair, and he's like, I maybe a this mouse with gloves, right? And <laughs> yeah. then he turns it, and he turns the corner, and they say, "Us, oh, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. What kind of adult would watch this?" And then, yep, yeah, and it's the rest Academy is Awards right. The rest and, is history. Yeah. His brain is frozen in the top of the castle in Florida. Whatever, blah blah blah. blah. He's driving the Mickey Mouse bot. Um, and he he bought that fucking swamp in Florida and said, "Fuck you, motherfuckers! Yeah. I'm gonna build a one happiest fucking place on earth. Fuck you." They have biologists on staff to control the mosquito population. Though. Yeah, I believe. And it. and when you're in Disney, have you ever been to Florida Disney World? No. You you never notice it. You never yeah. notice that all the ducks are happy. You never notice that the mosquitoes aren't but. there. And that whole thing, it just makes you think of Vought. It thinks you think of yeah. Vought America from I was the boys. Think of Jurassic Park. With Jurassic the, Park. Just the any yeah. uh, Citizen Kane. Any of that of yeah. just like. This fucking insane thing that shouldn't exist in they, the swamps of Florida. It is so taken care of that you don't even notice it, and you right. should because it's crazy. Do you do you think the do you think the average layman understands how much Disney owns of entertainment right now? I'm gonna say no. I probably not. I'm gonna say no. And that's how that's that's how he wants it. Motherfucker. That's the like, thing, and 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 the idea that like when you go to a Marvel movie or a Star Wars or a Wreck It Ralph or a Moana or any of these things that you're outside of the ones where it fucking puts the castle in front of you when you get in the movie theater. You probably don't know that. And that's it. The thing is, it's more about consolidation and it is bigger than media because we talked about it's, that. It's, yeah. It is bigger. It's the idea that like four corporations own everything. It's it's the point where we get to where, and again, the, the cyberpunk future where the, the Disney heavy industries is fucking making the replicants that work on the off world colonies and also all the movies you watch. Rest, by the way, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> rest Rucker, in Rucker, peace, Rucker, Rucker, Rucker Howard. Howard. Man, like, man, holy that shit. Was, that was a bummer. I mean, he was in his 70s. He was in his 70s. Can you believe the guy from Deadwood outlived him? I can't. I, yeah, that's Uh, crazy. What's his name? What's the actor's name? Um, Oh, from, oh, uh, uh, William Sanderson, who plays, uh, W, he plays, uh, Oh fuck! Not P.T. Barnum. What he's, the fuck? he's the guy. He's the guy who makes all the puppets in Blade Runner. But yeah, uh, uh, E.B. Sorry. And he looked forty e. in that movie. Yeah. And like he survived. I'm just E.B. Like, he used, looked old in the Deadwood movie. Eustace Bailey Farnham. But like that's the thing. When I watched, when I was watching Deadwood season two, 
he's already starting to get to that point. Yeah. And that, it was crazy to me that, yeah, everybody looks older in the Deadwood movie, but he was like, yeah, that fits for EB, though. Because yes. he's such a, like, yeah, he's a, sh- a yeah. sycophant and yeah. just is like, oh, my God, I love that character He has to so use much. the phone in the movie. He has, like, three scenes in the movie. Oh, my Probably God. Probably because he's really old. No, yeah. And, I mean, everybody kind of got three scenes in the movie because they had to cram everybody into that movie. But it was... Were you happy with... But real quick, were you happy with Yeah, that? we should do that. Um, That'll be a different... We can do that. Yes. Wild, happy with it? Wildly because I got to see everybody talk the way they do to each other just to have that last scene with with uh with jewel and, and tracy and and and, and, and and al wasting away from in my opinion i think he's dead but the al Dude, God, of course he's dead god's in his heaven and he can fucking stay there i don't know that there's a that that's a better there i don't know there's a better way to wrap up deadwood dialogue wise like yeah the little poor bastard wants me to tell him something pretty is another amazing end of series line which they yeah. already used um, it's a great like rejoinder to like, oh, the finale has to wrap everything up, and then he's scrubbing blood off the floor and just like fucking what? Oh my God. That's not what this is. Um, but I, the movie was weird because it basically retreads a lot of season three. Like, oh, Charlie Utter 100%. takes the place of Ellsworth, and yada yada. I'm so annoyed about Charlie Utter getting. But God, God damn it! Like I, that part of the 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 wedding, the part where Tracy fucking chews him out on the balcony. Like I, I just uh, Trixie, excuse me, sorry, uh, it just. Seeing those characters again, Boy, seeing Trixie, them work the way they did, it was just so Trixie cool. Trixie sure did get to swear at him in old timey talk. Boy, she did. It was great. Oh, God, you <laughs> bald-pated cunt. You f- uh, oh, so good. So good. Yes, I, I was very happy. Uh, yeah, so like bringing Hearst back, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like he was, he was very effective in season three, but like to make the entire movie a sequel to that was like, I, I wasn't sure about it. But then I was like, no, this works. Like he is probably the best villain they ever had who wasn't Walcott who was also great but he's dead <laughs> yeah. already and Walcott worked for Hearst he was Hearst man that was the point of the right. character is he was coming ahead he was the herald for the worst he's, person he's the boon of yeah. uh, if you want to go justify right right boon, exactly. boon is the avatar of Sam Elliott that's exactly right uh, yeah and I love justify god damn it I do too I've been thinking about watching it again both because it's amazing do, and do you know what boon's in uh, he's in that new shitty one with Kevin Bacon, the uh, Boston oh, crime. Wait, and so Boone was. Oh, remind me. I lock your hat. He's got a thick neck and he has oh, a yeah, fucking yeah, hat. He drives yeah, a lifted Dodge yeah, yeah, 1500 yeah, yeah. or he's, Ram he's the wannabe Raylan who gets shot in the last season, right? He, yes, he yeah. is obsessed. He becomes a, he's a great villain in that he becomes he, obsessed with the hero. He was. God, who was. He was on American Gods. He was. Um, ah, yeah. He was Loki. Yes, he was Loki. So in. Uh, what the fuck is the one with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? It's got Kevin Bacon in it, but they couldn't get the rights to Dunkin' Donuts, so I said, fuck this show. Not Low Winter Sun. That's oh, old. fuck. What was it called? Shit. City on a Hill. Oh, it's, it's, it's got Kevin Bacon. I know what it's called. It's Kevin Bacon. It's got a black lead. I can't The following? No, I want to say it's City on a Hill. Oh, maybe that's it. Um, but Kevin Bacon's in it. Yeah, so no, Boone, I think you're right. I think you're right. The guy with the thick neck, and he plays like... A Charleston bank robber, because of course, because it's Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was the only good, we, we, my wife and I watched the pilot. He was the only good part of it. Huh. Boone, the guy who plays Boone is a great actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shame that he gets stuck on such a shit show, but. He'll get, he'll get there, I guess. I think he will. He's so good. Man, just. All right, we're going to wrap this up, Ben. Anything no, let's else? Just, let's just watch us fight again. We, dude, I've already watched it twice with my wife, and this summer, like, we're, we're just, we keep running out of shows. I am so excited for, um, I think it's in August, uh, the uh, Righteous Gemstones, which is the next show from. Danny McBride and, and Jody Hill, who did Vice Principals, which also featured an insane Walton Goggins. I oh love me some Walton God. Goggins. Oh, it's so good. White did you know that Walton Goggins was in Prey, Ben? Yes. He's a voice He's in, in everything. Yeah. He's so good. But like him in Vice Principals is like the most Walton Goggins I've ever seen him, and it's great. That's just, that show is like completely nihilistic. Right? I love it. Oh, and it, it, 
No, it is not okay. as much as this, right. like it is. Well, I don't. I don't. I've never watched. It. I would recommend it to anyone because it's two seasons and like maybe fourteen episodes total, and it is a complete story arc. It was planned that way, and it's so fucking good. And it is one thing. Also, I will say, if you watch the first episode of Vice Principals, me like this is too much. Don't watch the rest of the show. But if you watch it and go like, I could get with this. Is it like you will enjoy you, it? You have not watched Sunny in Philadelphia, right? No, but I've seen episodes. And is it I like w- that where it's just kind of fucking mayhem? Yes, it is. And on the characters that, aren't really likable. It is like, on that end of like these people are psychopaths, like misanthropic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing with Vice Principals is crazy. Is they still manage to make like good characters out of it and are really there amazing. Are arcs. There are, yeah, okay. And even right. Walton Goggins, who is like a psychopath at the beginning of that show, it's 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 great. Uh, so, anyways, Righteous Gemstones is is their new show, and it's about like televangelists. Oh and it's John God. Goodman, Danny McBride, ah! and Goggins is going to be in. I don't think he's going to be the main character, okay. but also uh, Adam Devine. I don't know him much, but he's from Workaholics. He's a Comedy Central sure. thing, but whatever. But Goodman and Danny McBride as televangelists in that like hyper vulgar, fucked up like sure. Jody Hill thing. I am so into it. I can't wait. All right, that's like the end of August, I think. So I'm All really, right. really pumped for that. Yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna get TV back shortly. Yeah, and right. if it, and if it, okay, we're gonna Watchmen. Yep. We're gonna get which I am. So fucking excited! So for who's it. running the show? Dame Lindelof. It is our Dame leftovers Lindelof. boy. But he, he's actually running it, right? He's running the whole thing, and and he is Man. like, I mean, there's he's been a fan of Watchmen forever. There's a ton of Watchmen and Lost. Again, um, I, I'm going to point out. I'm going to point out. Yeah. it's a better world than it is. Yeah, Zach, exactly. It's like the, the idea world. of like militarized Rorschach lovers and 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 the squid shelters it, and all these things I'm just like yeah yeah why hasn't anyone done this yeah. and I, the, I as far as I know DC has done a or Vertigo which doesn't exist anymore um, <laughs> has done a, a thing called Doomsday Clock which is essentially a sequel yep. to yes. and it from what I've heard it's quite good but I have not read it. But moreover, so it's a, it's canon. It's, it's yeah, like, it's canon. Yeah, yeah. No and, but, but I don't think it's anything to do with the show. Um, but either way, I, I think. But you know Lindelof read it then, right? Yeah, I, so, I'm just I'm I'm really excited to see what he does because the leftovers, you know, obviously after Lost, it would have been like, well, take it or leave it. There's some things you don't like, some things you don't. It's very uh, contra- controversial ending. But like, you either like the leftovers or you're an idiot. I, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> thank you. Straight up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, Ben, shut the fuck. Uh, what are you plenty, talking about? I'm sure there's people who can uh, raise criticisms, but it truly was one of my favorite three season runs. And the show ever. itself had an arc because the show started. We were like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, then just fuck. it crescendoed and crescendoed and crescendoed and crescendoed. Oh, you guys don't like Liv Tyler? Guess what? Here's a drone strike. And I was yeah. like, Hey fuck guys, yeah. what if we did Wu Tang on a trampoline? Like, I just man, that what if we did the most beautiful scene ever shot with just fucking uh, rain, like that fucking sprinkler system? And man, just, oh man, such a good show. What about so, dick shelves? What about dick shelves? What about ben? dick? What shelves? about dick shelves? That not enough shows have dick shelves. No, That's what I always say. Well, I'm thinking to myself. I was telling my wife the other night. This was, new season of TV we're going into. Where the deck shelves at? I was telling my wife last night. I'll end on this because <laughs> I'm done talking about this. If if you had just watched Six Feet Under and you looked at Jason or Justin Throw, yep. and you said, "All right, so who's gonna be who's gonna have a career after this? Nate, Nate's actor, or Justin Throw?" I would have said Nate. Yeah. Guess what? Nope, motherfucker. Totally wrong. Well, so here's the thing about Justin Throw. He's a triple threat, right? He's a writer, he's an actor, mm. and he's married to Jennifer Aniston. All three of those, you're never going to go <laughs> wrong. Really, is that really a pro to be married to Janet Randers? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Now, Tina Fey's husband, I am jealous because I love yes. me some Tina Fey. She also, is. he's a great collaborator, writes all the music for their shows. Who? Robert Carlock, isn't he? Oh, oh yes. Yes, Carlock. Uh, yeah. 
I may be but that's wrong not, about that's that. Not her, that's not her husband. Oh, okay. Her husband, no, that's her, just her collab. That's yeah. the collab. Her husband is the... I forget his name. He does all the music. Yes. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're right. Carlock is the other writer. The guy who does the music is her husband. Yes. Did you did you hear about her new show? No. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. I was... Um, EV Club was doing a list of like series finales because Orange is the New Black ended this weekend. And one of them listed Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And I'm like, oh, right. That ended. I didn't even watch it. I didn't really like last season. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, like, I, it's I, a great show, but I feel similarly sucked. about 30 Rock, where it's like, that was an ending. It was fine. It was uh, so, all right, let me see if I can sell you on this real quick. Yeah. Ted Danson. Yep. You got me. Becomes mayor of LA. All right. I don't, Ted Danson probably did it for me, but keep going. Becomes mayor of LA. He doesn't know how to. To run the city, mm-hmm. and it's just Tina Fey making LA jokes. Okay, and I was like, "Yep, I'm in. I'm in. Perfect. I'm in. I mean, uh, I would it, take it, the amount of Tina Fey that we got on Good News, and it was still great. The fact that Good News did not is great. Good, good news great, or great news? Is great news. Yeah, the fact that Great News did not get a third season. They wrapped it up. It's weird. It's I've fun, seen, but her, I'm still fucking mad. I've about seen Brigitte Heelan, the main character from that, on other shows, and I'm like, why does she look so familiar? Oh, right. Oh, right. Like I immediately get disappointed Wait, when I remember her. Is that uh, what's her face? Uh, Who's who's the showrunner? Something. Oh god. Big yeah. Block. No. Yeah. Wig she something. was a head writer on Thirty Rock. Right. She's she's like a protege of, of Tina, Tina Fey. Fey. Yeah. And you could tell it was yeah. very clear. It's very Tina. The, the good great news uh, was my, a, my favorite fucking gag is when they're doing the Aaron Sorkin walk and like we're running out of hallway. <laughs> we're running out of hallway. It's fucking great. Um, uh, it's a good show. Great show. How long yeah. till Comcast is paying, or how long until Disney is just? just owns our internet and Disney Comcast heavy industries I don't know if they'd ever combine I feel like if the pyramids peaking above the fog Comcast would all also be one of them oh my God. it's like Comcast Amazon and Disney that's my choices right now you know if we're gonna do a draft of the cyberpunk future did you listen to that waypoint those are my three <laughs> did you listen to that waypoint where they <laughs> no, I didn't do the- so Dave uh, friend of the podcast Dave Femia texted me and he's like me you, me, you and Ben need to play uh, <laughs> so real so my, my pick was I'm gonna take Jonathan Blow obviously. right right so it was, it was a draft you had points yeah so, um and it was like companies and franchises, kind of. So you'd have to pair like developers with like. All right, what, what did I pick? I said I wanted. Okay, so here's my team. Mm. I want Cliffy B. Mm-hmm. Washed up Cliffy B. Okay. I'm gonna take Tom Francis. Okay. And Dean Hall, the guy who made Daisy. These are all the two ones are good. I uh, no Cliff, <laughs> Cliffy B is questionable. Cliffy B needs a rebuilding year. And I said. I said, fuck it, I'll make it work. So Dean Hall, Tom mm-hmm. Francis, mm-hmm. Cliffy B. I, I don't know what, uh, probably Just with, survival FPS, I don't know. Yeah, well, because Dean Hall, all I think of is Necronox. And no, that's not, no, Dean Hall did DayZ, man. Really? Yeah, Dean okay. Hall. Okay, no, yeah. No, you're thinking, thinking of Tom. No, you're I'm thinking, thinking of Tom Hall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tom okay. Hall, who there did Commander Keen? Yes, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then Anar. No, Dean Necronox. Hall's totally washed up. He, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He made DayZ and then left. Yeah, because that thing, like... It blew up. It was a huge thing. It probably created the battle royale genre. Yeah, but they had, they had no idea what to do But then they, they didn't do anything no, with it, yeah. and then they put it out in release like a year ago, I'm and just everyone was my like... Head. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Nah. It's, a, you, it's solid. Where we dropping, bro? And they were like, that's not this game. I know. And then they All right. uninstalled it. <laughs> I think right. we are well over. We are well, 20. Um, hey, we had whiskey, and I didn't bitch about Valve, so... Oh, my God. We, we did okay. Boom. <laughs> We'll save for the video game. Well, once Valve is bought by Disney, and then right, all right. Oh God, Ben. Oh my God, could you imagine? Like, oh, we're never releasing a game again. Did you see that? uh, Fucking uh, John Drake is Disney now. Sure, he was at Sony for a week. He was, but now he's doing. He's he's apparently supposedly. So he's he's the the guy that's choosing the development partnership. He's in the John Vignocchi role now. We'll see how that goes. Dude, he's, he must because <laughs> John Vignocchi was the head of Where's Disney Vignocchi now. Interactive. I don't know where he ended up, but 
he was that was his thing, and then they Disney was like, "We're not making video games anymore," and he got. Oh, chicken. Well, that that's fucking bullshit. Uh, and now Drake's doing that. That's funny. <laughs> I look forward to him being on the Bombcast. All right, yeah, Ben, take us out. We are out. Oh,